What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another podcast. This is Timmin. This is my podcast, Timmin's podcast on the Timmin Podcast Network. Jeez. <laughs> we got a, a great guest here today. Um, you've known me from my other podcasts, so go check them out, Dadcast and the Timmin and Lincoln Show. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, we got a great podcast here. And uh, Juliana, Hi. you're welcome. Hi. <laughs> We're live. This is real now. Yes, yeah, I every, can't believe it. Everything we talked about before hanging, not real. This is not this real. Is, this is it. This is the new beginning. Oh, my. This is the recorded history. Everything I say will be here in stone for the rest of my life. Will be held against you in the court of law. <laughs> That's what, like, like I was saying earlier, it's when I tr run for Senate one day, they're going to dig up this podcast and be like, oh, she said this. We're canceling her. <laughs> not that I want to run for Senate, but. Yeah. I won't be able to after this podcast, what? even if I did want to. Sometimes you just get called into a place that you're not expecting, and you just do it. You know? <sighs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I've been wanting to get canceled, so I'm hoping this is the this, episode that happens. Yeah, I know. Me, like, I don't know, because I really like my job, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, anyways, uh, I, I said Julie. Yeah, no, no. This is uh, someone else. Someone totally different. Totally different. Yeah, yeah, definitely not affiliated with the job that you work in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not. An accountant in right. South Ben, Indiana, from <laughs> Detroit, Michigan, named Juliana Romano. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. At all. at all. You have it here. <laughs> I've been I've been wanting to. We've been talking about podcasting mm -hmm. for a minute. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I think it was sometime at church. I'm like, man, I feel like we need a podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh. We've been running in similar circles, even though we're at church, right? We're in the same circle there. But like even prior, we have a lot of related history. Uh huh. And we can talk about a lot of different things. And I love your memes. <laughs> On your Instagram, I uh, do have great memes. You got great memes that not everyone gets to see, and <laughs> I think I'm part of that selected group that gets to see. The yes, yeah. Well, I don't want people to feel bad when I share this on my main Instagram, and then people on my main Instagram come listen to this, and there's like, oh wait, there's a. Secret. Did I say there's a secret? <laughs> definitely no. Yeah. Well, listen, you got to be like based and. You got to be yeah. like, got to be based. So if you're listening to this and you're not on my private Instagram, there's a reason. Right. <laughs> and it's because you would get mad at me for saying things that you should hear, but it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you could talk to me about it later and we'll, right. we'll try to get you to see the light. Right. But the key is one, you have to get through this whole podcast. Uh huh. Right. And, and agree with everything she says. <laughs> and then you can get access to the vacuum. No, <laughs> no disagreements whatsoever. And you also right. have to just like, Send me a private letter and tell me how awesome I am and how much you yes. love me. And then that's that is admittance into the yeah. secret um, private story, which yeah. is just additional memes. But sometimes I sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just appreciate these people. So I want to like I'm not even going to just give them a separate meme. I'm just going to like put extra little insights that I would share on right. my regular story. But right. just for them, because not that it's such a reward to see my little <laughs> insights yeah. of my mind. But sometimes you just can't can't blast that out to everyone oh else. and i mean to be honest i had to do the same mm -hmm. you my letter of you know why i appreciated you uh, and then yeah that's how i got in so. <laughs> yeah that's, and you're all everyone's always on like a like if you make me mad right i take you off yeah not right? a nice list or yeah. whatever right, yeah, yeah it's it's a hard um standard to live up to but yeah. it's definitely worth it for the spicy memes actually one of them i think it got my account like once and for all silence because I couldn't log in for like three weeks. No way. Um, and then I don't, I think I, I still don't know what happened. I'm just not questioning it, but right. I was able to log back in and I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> Cause I have this other account that I use. Well, I've actually never posted from it, but I made it to be a catalog of my vinyl collection. Nice. And just honestly, for my own reference, just to have 
A scrapbook. It's just, it's like a scrapbook in a way. Right? I guess, like yeah. History of this is my yeah. Yeah, or just like so I can. I don't know. I like to organize things and make little lists of things and have things laid out. And I, don't, I just always go back and look at my own Instagram and go through all the memories. So I'm like, well, I'll make one for my music so that I can just always go and look, look at, at this catalog of things that inspire me. Um, but I had to log on to that and start posting things on my story just because I, I was on a trip on my trip and I wanted to like still share things. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to the little tiny audience that follows this lame account that I wouldn't even follow because I still haven't posted anything. They can they can see little excerpts from my trip. And then halfway through my trip, my regular account started working and I'm just not going to question it. But I Same. feel like it's always right after the midterms. It started working. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and it's always the dumbest things that get my because I think because my Facebook is linked to Instagram, yeah. it's never any of the actual bad things I say that get flagged. It's always something dumb that's not actually bad. Like right. my one of my cousins was posting about her daughter and how um, her daughter was just like being bullied by the mean girls at school in like fifth grade. Yeah. So I commented, Ugh, girls are the worst. And because the algorithm detected that I was being sexist and saying girls are the worst, that like... A year after the fact, I started getting like restrictions on my account that because were linking that. back to that. Wow. And I'm like, that's so dumb because it's been literally a year. And and there's a little bit of truth there. There's a little bit of truth. Yeah. Especially if the girls are bullying. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, clearly whatever bot picked this up never was a fifth grade girl because <laughs> right. the girls are mean. And like, especially they're bullying my little cousin. Like, I don't yeah. like them. And... For some of the things that I say, Facebook never picks up on it. And then this one thing, I feel like that's happened a few times where. Retroactively, they come and cancel you later. Yeah. Just wait till this episode pops. (laughs) Do you want to give a quick introduction of who you are, where you're from? I mean, you already kind of did, but maybe a little bit more. Just for the people at home. For the high people at home. Well, my name is Juliana Romano. I am. I currently live in South Bend. I'm from. Michigan, Detroit area, Dearborn, Livonia. Um, I live here for, I went to Grace College, which is one of the ways that, it was one of the things that Tim and I both can relate to the the wild adventures of Grace life, even though we actually both had the same major, but different. We never knew each other because yeah. different when years. You, when did you graduate? 2018. Yeah, so you came in the year I graduated. Okay, yeah, I came I at 2014. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the year I, I graduated, so, yeah. So... Yeah, I was like, um, like I say about my friend Cassie. Hi, Cassie. I know you're going to listen to this. Hey, um, Cassie. Oh. She, and I was just telling you guys at lunch, we say that God kept us from being friends until after we graduated because we would have been too much to handle like, Grace at Grace College. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oops. That happens. Don't yeah, so I went to Grace College, um, graduated in 2018, and have been here. I lived in Fort Wayne for a while because I graduated accounting and marketing and so I um, am a CPA so I worked at an accounting firm in Fort Wayne and then about a year ago now I moved to South Bend where I now work at another accounting firm which I love um, and won't name so in case y'all want to cancel me but um, she works at Deloitte (laughs) yes definitely and any grievances you have take it up with the people all the way at the top in Deloitte. They're yeah. personally responsible. Yes. So go to them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they'll know exactly who. Julie they'll know exactly. So. Yes. I'm basically already a partner there. So yeah. they'll, <laughs> I might lose my, uh, yeah. some of my draws from the partner capital account, but it's fine. 
It's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe a, a couple levels, you know, right? There's 33 levels to become a partner, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> the so 30, might, 33 might, degrees of partners yeah, within exactly. the Deloitte um, fraternity. Right. Yeah. You might be knocked down a couple pegs. Yeah. I might have to go through another induction ceremony, and that was traumatic. I don't want to do that again. Yeah, it's rough. So, yeah, it's tough. I, I've, we've all been there. <laughs> well, was that a good introduction, or is there more I should no, say? You crushed it. You okay. Yeah. yeah well, that this is me. <laughs> welcome, friends. Yeah. This is yeah. This is yeah. Yeah. No. Like like I said, there was you know I just feel like this has been coming. Mm-hmm. You, you've been listening to a couple of mm-hmm. the podcasts and stuff when we first started talking. About yeah. It and stuff too. So yeah, I always get a message from you every once in a while. Uh huh. See you laughing or whatever. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are times when I would just be listening at the gym and just laughing out loud, and the people around me probably think that I'm weird, or maybe yeah. they think I'm laughing at them, which. Good. I get annoyed with people at the gym sometimes. They treat it like social hour, and it's all these little like high school, yeah. like go away, stop, like move out of the way, go yeah, socialize out and by the water fountain. So right, I gotta do my whatever I'm about to do. Whatever I'm about to do, really. Pr- right. It's like how dare these people that also pay for a gym membership think that they come come to my gym <laughs> when I get to work out all yeah. by myself. And so I feel uh, so entitled. How how did you get to Grace College? Well, because you're you're originally from Detroit, mm-hmm. was and then you, I'm, I'm assuming high school there, right? And then yes, then right into Grace College. Yes, so I um one of my high school best friends, her sister went to Grace, and um her older sister, and then um so I was obviously friends with the older sister, and then her one of her best friends was also really close to me in high school, and so they both went to Grace. Mm. So then um. Kate and I always heard, Kate, my best friend, we always heard just different stories about Grace and it always sounded so fun and where all the cool kids were. And um, I always had just a really good impression of it. And then my senior year, when I was looking at colleges, I probably toured like five or six different Christian, I knew I wanted to go to a Christian school. So I probably toured five or six that were all within like a four or five hour radius. But I never looked at Grace because I always thought of it as just that school where I, because I had gone to visit with Kate and I'm like, oh, I just have a lot of fun there. Like I, I wouldn't, I'd probably be biased, so I'm not even going to think about it. Wow. Um, but none of the other schools really felt right. And I even, Cornerstone in Grand Rapids was going to give me a really good scholarship and they really wanted me to go. Their president, um, I don't really know who he was, but I guess he was kind of, my dad knew who he was from, yeah. I think he was kind of like a minor celebrity back in the Detroit Christian community back in the day. So Your dad or the president? Or sorry, the president okay. was. And so yeah. my dad was like kind of fanboying when he's Ooh, like, okay. oh, you're going to go meet that guy? And then I had, yeah, there's this special interview with the president because he really wanted me to go there. And then no he was like, make sure you tell Dave I said hi because my dad couldn't come with us to the college no visit. So, he, so my, oh, yeah. he was selling it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I just didn't. And I even my aunt and uncle at the time had lived there. And so they like it would have been great. I had every reason to want to go there, but it just did not feel right. And then I visited Grace. I went to their scholarship competition. And so I was able to see it for myself, like without just hanging out with the cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I fall in love with it. And I just I made a couple of friends even just that weekend. And I knew right away that it was where I was meant to be. And my parents could tell also that... You were vibing hard. I was vibing, yes. So I actually, my um, my best friend, Lydia, she remembers meeting me. Um, or she rem- I, she didn't meet me, like, we didn't get introduced, but she remembers me asking 
there was one point where I don't they had all of the people in the competition like you could ask there was like a panel I think and I asked them if like I would still be allowed to go there if I believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit being continued for a time. Because I had just come from an interview at uh, or a college visit at Cedarville where you had to sign oh, a yeah. form saying that you wouldn't like practice speaking in tongues or wow. something to that degree. Like you I don't want to misquote. You wouldn't was, practice witchcraft. Wouldn't practice witchcraft and that. That's wild. Yeah, or it was something. Yeah, again, I don't want to like make. If you come to our Christian college, you can't think about half of the Bible. Just don't I think know. About it. Do you remember when that bush talked to Moses? That's not real. That didn't happen. Yeah. And if you believe it, you're a pagan. Mm. Like, no. No, but uh, there was something. But who's the real pagans? Huh? Cedarville's the real pagans. Cedarville's the real. Mm-hmm. Grace, Col- Grace College. Okay, go ahead. But no. but Sorry, Cedarville sir. is at least in Ohio. So they do have that going for them against Grace. But so I, yeah, I just needed to make sure that. And I wasn't even like super like versed in like, but at the time I was just like, yeah, but I don't want to be in a place that my acceptance is. Yeah. And right out the gate. And it's not like Grace was very charismatic at all either. But I think when I asked that question, they probably just looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, we don't care. I don't know. But Lydia still remembers me asking that. And then I guess like we became best friends over the course of our freshman and sophomore year. The The timeline's a little um, <laughs> debated on <laughs> our friendship because she like had a big friend crush on me from afar and I just thought she was that annoying girl that was really smart and oh, like yeah. she kind of embarrassed me. We had a group project together and we were doing a presentation and she like, I thought she embarrassed me in front of the whole class because she like corrected me on something. And so I just Ooh. didn't really like her, but now we're like, She's my, oh yeah, I love her so much, but I I told myself I wasn't going to go on tangents and no, here we are. No, it's cool. The th- I love tangents, but I, I, I can also bring Yes, back that's why it's good that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is your show, like you just direct it wherever. What, what, uh, like growing up, what type of like church did you grow up into? Like it speaking was, of the gifts of the spirit and stuff, like what? You know, it's interesting that you asked that question going into Grace College. But so, like, what was your background going into Grace? Um, I grew up going to a Pentecostal church or okay. charismatic. I use those terms interchangeably, but I guess there's they're different. Yeah. But, yeah, just continuationist charismatic church. It wasn't, like, um, over the top or anything, um, but it was definitely, yeah, that was um, – the context in which I grew up and then I went to a Baptist high school and so I just remember oh, wow. like in Bible class I would get picked on for you know those beliefs or even my one friend talk about tongues and then they all look at you and then they all glare and or they'd be like and at the time I hadn't really I was just not like a new Christian but I was really figuring out my faith and what I believed on my own and so I'm like don't ask me these questions I'm still figuring it out too like stop attacking me in front of the whole class and then I mean my friend's dad was a pastor and so we would all be over there having sleepovers and then he would just be like trying to like have this scriptural debate, debate. and I'm like oh, I just want to go watch a movie with my friends <laughs> like yeah. so but yeah that was um he's like no you need to sign this covenant you right need- now yeah. never <laughs> there will be <laughs> none of that <laughs> Foolish blabber in my house. No, it, yeah. So we, um, but I mean, it wasn't, I would say we probably followed the biblical protocol really well where they, we would get interpretations a lot where it was almost like we would have one people that might be speaking in tongues during the service. It wasn't like one person would speak in tongues to everyone. 
Um, and then an interpretation would come. It was almost like the, the lady would, I don't know if she would hear someone speaking around her, but she was, she had a big gift of interpretation and then she would give that to, um, everyone else. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. So, um, yeah, that was my, that was my background in the yeah. Baptist high school and then Grace College, which is brethren or what I never even heard basically of that until Baptist, I, yeah. yeah, basically Baptist, yeah, yeah. whatever they are. That's with a B. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Yep. Yep. Uh, but no, that's fascinating. What, um, what were you always an accounting major? Did you come in just like, I'm going to do accounting or like how'd that happen? So I had wanted to actually go into pre-med, um, cause I really loved the my first hardest. <laughs> hey, right. we had, are you talking about majors? Yeah. That's what um, they would always say. They would always say, anyway. or they would say that. Pre chem or, is the hardest, or yeah, whatever. Chem is the hardest. Yeah, yeah. But organic chem had an open book final, and intermediate accounting didn't. Oh, so we are, in my mind, were that was the hardest class. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to do pre med, and at the time, well, when I first got there, I was still undeclared because I was either going to do pre med or business, and. I just, I don't think the science department was that strong. Then it wasn't bad. It was just a lot smaller. And yeah, because schools like Cedarville and Taylor and just some yeah, other schools had heavy. Really, yeah, they're heavy, heavy. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, if I go there, I know what I'm going to do. But then I, you know, God opened the door to go to Grace. And so I was undecided. And um, I took my first business class, just the foundations class, and I loved it. And so um, I, had a, I had a really bad group project where the guy just didn't. Like he made us do this because you have to make a business mm -hmm. and he had us all do this very specific sort of business that was basically his area of expertise, like video production. And none of us had any experience. So mm. obviously, like we needed his help to do it. And he he just like ended up not coming to any of the meetings and like. But he's the one that had the idea. He was the one that had the idea. And oh, then he was just what? out hanging out with his girlfriend and then planning his proposal to her. And so like I basically That's had to some do Grace College stuff. That is there. so Grace College. Yeah. And then I ended up having to like do it all, but then not to worry. He came in as the knight in shining armor like the week before the big presentation, and he made a, a really cool, like good quality video that um, I, I think we won second place. Like we placed pretty well because it was a good video. But um, so yeah, he got all the glory for making this cool video, and I'm the one who had to like get everything together and. Um, and then he declared himself like the CEO and all oh of this. Goodness. It's like a hostile takeover. But um, a girl named Alyssa that was in that group with me, we became pretty good friends through that. And so we still to this day, when we like talk on social media, we just joke yeah. about joke about that video because it was so traumatizing. But through it all, I still um, I really felt a connection with the business department. And so I was like, OK, that's I will go that route. And so I was a marketing major and then. Mm -hmm. Um, for my first or every business major has to do a uh, accounting class. And yep. so I kind of had a feeling, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to like this. Everyone says it's really hard, but it sounds like something I would like. And then sure enough, I just fall in love with it. And I mean, an amazing, amazing professor. That was, that's yes. The part. Yeah. Yeah. The professor at, that was probably like the highlight of Grace College. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. That. Or watching my friends get kicked out. It's hard to figure out which one. But yeah, no, Stickter was amazing. I love Stickter. Yes, he, I always say the business professors at Grace were probably like the biggest blessing of my time. Down to earth. Yes. Yeah, just not in the, like the, the bubble. Mm -hmm. Like that's right. the best way to do it. <laughs> not in the bubble. <laughs> like they, they had real world experience and then they would come back out of the goodness of their heart to teach. Like we had yeah. 
like gross nickel was some like a retired executive from a really big company so like cool <laughs> i loved him he always called me julianne yeah. and like lydia would always call me juliana in front of him and he still didn't pick up on it and like his wife made me special easter bunny cakes no like because i thought i i, I thought i was gluten-free and so she like had made cupcakes for the whole class and then she was like oh juliana julianne is gluten-free so she made me my entire own thing of Easter bunny cake. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, no, we had amazing professors. I, and they were very, you could tell they weren't there for like, because I feel like academia is so, I'm so over it. Like, it's so yeah. annoying. And Speak on it. It's just people that think they're so full of themselves and they think that like, oh. They think they're at the higher level. And they're not. All They're just regurgitating what they were paid to say or like what they were. Right. Yeah. Well, and some of, I mean, so some both and right, but some of them are just regurgitating, and there's no like actual thought. And some of them are actually have a thought, and then they're teaching those. But majority are just like, this is what we're supposed to teach you. And it's, well, exactly. It's like dude, you, this is not make you better than me. It just means you can read and then speak. I mean, I right. could, I could watch a YouTube video and then have the same level of understanding that you may have as well, right? Exactly. Well, and that's why like that other kind you mentioned where they actually have thoughts. That's what I really liked about the business department, and I felt like they weren't. Um, they didn't have this complex of thinking that they're better than everyone else. Um, I guess I don't want to get too specific, even though I doubt that they would listen to this, but there was a person that yeah. I knew. I'll guess the names. Go. <laughs> Just a, a person that I knew that um, an old family friend that, yeah, just kind of went off the rails a little bit. and yep. Oh, I know him. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. But he... He um, is a professor and a PhD and like just got tenured. And I yeah. literally remember him on Facebook. Um, like he, he would post, you know, those, he was trying to be one of those cool, like independent Christians that like yeah. think that, oh. A deconstructivist. Well, not, it was more like in terms of politics, he's like, well, I'm too good for the back and forth, but I'm still going to like pretend I'm this independent. And so like he made this post talking about how, um, like a Christian, a lot of Christians didn't want to vote for Joe Biden because of abortion, but voting for Donald Trump was just as bad because he was like a bad person. But some of the ways that he was, without going into it, there was some personal history that he was like kind of putting in there without real, that was very hypocritical and like hmm. just a situation that it, with a mutual family that we knew that had caused a lot of hurt. He was like, it yeah I don't really know how to like allude yeah, to it no. too much but he um, was uh, he was not practicing what he was preaching sounds like basically and yeah there were some things that he said that were like very hypocritical and so he got mad at me for like calling Call it. it out did and you go on the comments and say some stuff I laugh reacted to his comment where oh, he said the um, X Y Z which was like the yeah the thing <laughs> the that direct and it's not just it's not just a little let's just okay so. It Somebody has to do with pastoral infidelity or okay. like he he supports a pastor that has had made a big scandal about that. Right. But then this guy was still talking about how you can't support Trump because he like he's right. like, we wouldn't tolerate that from a pastor. So why are we tolerating? But he did. Yes. Yeah, and so you made it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot more to that. But all that to say, he just like got mad at me for laughing at that. But then he like I, I the reason I brought it up was because well, it's this. He's mad at you because you don't have tenure. I know, right? I'm just this dumb. They they would act like I was this like bad business person 
they're like evil for going to the business world and yeah. their kids were going to like ministry, but then their son left ministry to become a MBA, you're like just yeah. going to the business world. So it's like, whatever. But I just remember seeing him like get so mad at people on his Facebook for not being political science majors. And he's like, well, due to this study that I read called voting or, and he would do like the whole quotation, like voting patterns in 1960, published in 1963. The reason that you are conservative and vote like this is because blah, blah, blah. And people are like, we don't need some study written before we were born to tell us why we yeah. like vote the way that we do. And it I just. Sounds like witchcraft to me. <laughs> very witchcraft. He might as well <laughs> just go by like. Habba, laba, shabba, um, <laughs> Here's the formula from 1963. Like on the, why. Yes. Shabam. Yeah. Do this and you'll get that vote on the other side. And I'll. And I. I know why you think the thoughts you think because I have a PhD and you don't and all this stuff. It's like your degree means nothing if you have no real world experience and if you can't actually apply it. Apply it. And I'll keep and this. Facebook is not a place to apply that. I know, yeah. especially when it's like people that like, I don't know, he caused a lot of damage with those things. And then he it was so weird. He came onto my wall just totally randomly and like started like so commenting weird like spamming it and then like being really mean to other people and it was not anything controversial that i had posted at all it was like some quote by some christian like just a good quote that is yeah. not controversial and he like yeah. i don't know he just started like bullying people that were commenting on it and he's like this is just a taste of your own medicine because you laughed at my comment or something no like way. it was so weird wow it was very bizarre but yeah. yeah i people just people get really crazy when their pride is attacked i think and they don't want like when it's about images and making sure that you have this like appearance of being super smart and academic and then right. someone doesn't take you seriously, let's, I guess. Like uh, Kyle always says this, and I, you've probably heard this before. Uh, people who have a title become entitled. Mm, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Something, yes. Like, especially when that's your identity and they're so, yeah. and I think with academia specifically, it's. I've interacted with doctors who are like, call me a doctor. I'm like, no, no Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which doctor that yeah. is. His name was not Jeff, but uh, definitely was not. Well, see, I, but I had, yeah. I had a friend who was just talking the other day about a professor that she had that literally spent spent maybe two years in the field, and in that particular field, it wasn't even enough time to get like the certificate or whatever so, yeah, yeah something like that but then the letters in front of her name so yeah, yeah it wasn't even enough time but it was i guess too hard because she just dropped out and just went to be a professor and then was like oh. professing on how to do this thing and then my friend's just like my friend's very smart you could probably guess who she is she uh -huh. lives in sunny florida now but like yeah. she was way like I'm like, she could have probably taught better than this lady who had like less experience in the real world. And I just feel like there's a lot of that with professors and in yeah. academia. And they think that like, oh, I've spent the better half of my life just researching what my superiors tell me to research. And that makes me better than you heathens that don't even have a college degree. Yeah, uh, that's tough. That's yeah, I feel that, too. I've, I've started to feel that a lot more. Uh, I've actively dissuaded people from going to college. Mm -hmm. I'm a, uh, camp counselors in the summer at times, and I mean, I'm talking these seniors, and mm -hmm. some of them are going to Grace College, so I tell them all the reasons why they shouldn't go. <laughs> and I lay it very clearly uh -huh. out, like the things I wish I would have known mm -hmm. would have gone, right? You know, 
there are snitches. Mm-hmm. They're gonna make sure that there's gonna be people that hate you. The leadership uh, could be good, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not. Things like that. Just like let, mm-hmm. you know, just be aware. Like yes. it's not all a fun package. People mm-hmm. don't have your best interest in mind. Yes, I learned that the hard way. People actively um, will be very kind to your face and then stab you in the back. And that's, I mean, that just happens. But when you go to a Christian college and you're an 18 year old kid, you're just like, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna find my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you go there and it's like a lot of backstabbery, a lot of yeah, uh, a lot of this is how you have to be or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that aside, I tell every kid that goes to college, like, don't go. Yes. Like, or, or if you go, make sure this is what you want. Mm-hmm. Don't. I know everyone's telling you to go. I want to be that one person that says, "Don't go." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm the same way. Like I've told, even my younger cousins that are starting to go. My my one cousin, he applied to Grace, but I don't think he's going to go there. I think his, his mom was just having him apply to as many as possible. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think they have a free admission, like no admission fee. So, it was why not? But he got accepted. But I'm like, eh. I mean. Yeah. And I, I he's more like um trade oriented anyway where he's more like um like into engineering or if not engineering then something like tactile with because he's very like he loves engines and like breaking things apart and yeah um so if like either a tech school like that or just one of the trades and you know i was yeah i'm why just you, telling him like why go and waste your time like don't exactly do yeah especially when you don't need it like there yeah. unless there's something very specific that you like feel called to do yeah otherwise you're just gonna get it's so expensive and you'll get saddled with debt it's not and i'm like i i had my qualms with grace but like i i did have a good experience in a lot of ways but i also like when i think about it, i'm like it was so i had such bad like health problems from it like the food was so bad and like mm-hmm. i was never sleeping and like in some ways i kind of feel like it was like i was worse off mm-hmm. um oops no worries my wine just ran into the microphone <laughs> um just different i don't know it's like you could or you could just skip college and just go right away to the trades and start making yeah. now you have to be good at that and I'm like i'm not someone that would would do well with yeah, manual but labor you, but if you mess up you or if you drop out right you don't you're not solid with that exactly right? and there is a little bit of like learning how to adult like i gotta wake up i gotta do my things like some of that you like they say you get that at college but like <laughs> you don't it's like you gotta I, I will get like three hours of sleep a night because i was just like so up hanging out with people yeah. and the relational aspect was nice but then mm-hmm. after a while like i got so burnt out from that too yes. because a lot of that is i mean it's just you know there's no it's hard to have boundaries when you live on the same mm-hmm. like you live with people and they know where to find you and mm-hmm. yeah that that got very exhausting there's as well like just 1500 people at the school and so everyone knows everyone else's business and yeah, I got very um, <laughs> over it. Like yeah. I, my senior year, especially, yeah. um, I had just come back from studying abroad in Argentina, so I was already like just in a little angsty reverse culture shock, and I had just had this big dramatic heartbreak, and oh, so I was no. all angsty because of that. And then I, um, I had just like some health problems that made me feel worse. So I just come back, and I'm just this big hot mess. And then I have to, or I was an RA, and so then I just had to come in like deal with all these annoying freshmen who were like and it was like the worst crop of freshmen too that even like the admissions counselors and other people who weren't because you know you think okay you're a senior you think all freshmen are dumb but even these people who their job is to work with freshmen they're like these are the this is the worst crop of incoming people we have ever seen like they were ridiculous and I just like was so (laughs) so over it and so ready to be done but yeah it's college was interesting but like I have a lot of good friends from there a lot of good friends 
Um, well, but I was going to say, like, I have a lot of family members that, like, most of my family members didn't go to college. I think my parents were um, the only ones of their siblings to go, maybe, or a couple of my aunts might, or also went, but my, yeah, but then they married people who were, like, really successful businessmen and mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, and so most of my family's very entrepreneurial, and they all have done pretty well, and, like, they're their own bosses and stuff. I, and then there's the downside of like the economic downturns. Like 2008 right. was really hard. Right. Apparently I was, I didn't know anything, but it's just like none of, and now my cousin, he's like super, he like, he's a couple years younger than me, but he like has already started up all these different companies and it's all like, um, concrete contractor related because that's what they do and he's really successful and he was he would have done horrible in college because that's just not right where he was so I think that yeah there are definitely many ways to have success and college is just one very specific way and you have to be sure that it's what you want because you do not want to be saddled with debt that's going to take you forever to pay and then you're making much less a week because a lot of the degrees too like you're not going to get a job in that field. Like you can still get a right now you can get a job anywhere, but like, I don't know if you study something very specific, you're not going to easily be employed with that and it's not really going to pay for itself. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, uh, there was, uh, who just, just a, a bunch of baseball players I knew they were doing, um, it's like health science, basically like physical therapy. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. And then when they got out of college, they all just worked at like factories uh-huh. or subway. I remember one guy saying at subway. I'm like, yeah. So you graduated to work at subway, which is, I understand. You know what I mean? You're just trying to grab a cup. But I'm like, dude, why? Why'd you go to college? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it was all paid off through your scholarship. Let's, yes. Let's hope so, you know, but it's like, dude, it just, it just didn't make sense. Right. I mean, and what I'm doing right now is not tied to my degree, right? I do stuff outside of that. What you do is tied to your degree. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense. Um, but I think even like an accounting, maybe you can't be an accountant, but you can run books for a business mm-hmm. as long as you just get into it. Oh, yeah. You know, I know a lot of people who don't have the degree but have work experience and they know just as much. Oh, definitely. Lot, you know, so. Yeah, I do, too. I know a lot of people that are sm- that don't have college degrees that are smarter than people who do. And even, yeah, in the field of accounting, I'm um, the treasurer for a nonprofit called Spa Women's Ministries that is kind of like a rehabilitation home for women. And um, it's been really cool getting to know people that work there. And the finance director, she's super cool. I love um, getting to talk with her about things. But she, like, if I remember correctly, she didn't go to college. Just she and her high school sweetheart um, just started working right away because his family had a business. And so they worked there. And so now, like, they still do that. And then she has this other job as well. But she's like, yeah, everything I know I learned from that. And Um, she's, she calls it the school of hard knocks, which is what they say. And like, she's very smart. She might not know the technical nerd terminology, but who cares? Like she could still balance. She's a lot smart, like very sharp. And I think a lot, a lot of people get stuck in the textbook, smart, like intelligence thinking that, okay, I can just memorize facts in a book and like do well on a test. And people will say I'm smart, but they have no actual street smarts or I don't know. Yeah, the smart people are the ones who wrote the book. You know yeah, I mean? and then if yeah. you just memorize it, that's which is, and then another bad thing about college is it's especially at Grace because of the four or however they have it broken down. I don't know yeah, if they did that quads. when you were there. They did. My first year was semesters, and then they okay. switched to like quads, which was two 
sessions in a semester, basically. Yeah, it's, it's eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks, eight weeks. That's one semester, eight weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. The thought process was you can learn more because you can take three classes and three classes, and then you have 18 credit hours or however that works. Yeah, it was just very rushed, though, because they did that my whole entire... Yeah, try cramming route. all of your accounting classes in yeah. eight weeks. I did all my stuff, accounting, in eight weeks. It was crazy. Yeah. You don't you just memorize it and to forget it. You don't really learn it. Oh, and man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't really talk because intermediate accounting. Oh my word. Goodness. Yeah. That was horrible. I was able to like because of that structure, I was able to get two degrees and a minor. So accounting and marketing and then a Spanish minor. So like you are able to fit in more credit hours and I was able to have hundred and fifty hours, which yeah, you need that for the exam. So I can't really complain. But also, I feel like I would have retained a lot more if it weren't so fast paced. Yeah. Um, Did you do that in four years? Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, because you well, and the thing is, yeah, you can graduate in three years and then and not have to pay for a fourth year of college. But I mean, my scholarship applied for four years and it was like it worked out. It worked out, but yeah, it just it goes so fast and it's hard to retain information. And then how much are you really, especially yeah. when you're in college and you're just a dumb kid, you just want to have fun. Yeah, you're just you're just raging. Um, what, what have you, so, I mean, you left college and then you went into accounting and you've just kind of been in that world now. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing in that world? Like, what's your, per, like, what's your focus there? So I'm an auditor. I, um, I have kind of been specializing more on nonprofit clients, but I have experience in for-profit as well. So we go and look at the books, look at the financial statements of a company, and we do tests to make sure that everything is correct and all the numbers are there. So that's that's what I do. And I love it because you kind of, you get, I'm like, I get paid to be my cynical self. Like you have to assume it's called professional skepticism, kind of trust but verify, and you can't really take them at their word. And so it's, I really like it, but it's a big challenge. And I always say that my, um, like a lot of people can be very good at accounting, but then hate auditing because it's very different than accounting. Like you have to understand accounting, but it's it's not the whole like black and white X equals Y balance out. There are a lot of times where a number won't balance and you won't get it to equal like a zero difference, but you just pass on it as long as it's a percentage. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a, just a bit of an error. Yes. Yeah. But then you have to, it's natural for an accountant's mind to want to think, well, why is it off? I need to get to the bottom of it. It should, Why does it not equal? And you kind of have to let it go. And it, it it's an art in and of itself, learning that. And I always say that my accounting brain and my um, critical thinking, like creative brain are both really strong, but they don't like each other. And it takes, it took a long time to get them to be friends and to get them to mm. work together. Because it's almost in a way kind of, right brain, left brain, just the things that you're doing. And so when I'm, cause I help out a little bit with some tax work, um, just, just to help out. I, that's not really my area that I work in, but with the easier stuff I help out. And so when I'm doing a tax return and then something from one of my audits comes in and I have to go back into an audit file, it's literally like, I have to like stop for a second cause a different part of my brain takes over. Wow. And so you it's, turn it off. And yeah. Turn it wow. It's just, it's very, it's hard to kind of go back and forth between the two mindsets. Cause with taxes, you, your job is not to verify that the numbers are true and you're not really like, yeah, you want to be able to back up numbers, but 
you're not there to make sure that what they're saying is true. You're there to take their information that they're taking responsibility for. And then you put that into a tax return. And I don't know. I love auditing though. Plug it into the right numbers and make sure that all the loopholes are covered. Yeah. Make, make sure that daddy government gets all of his money. That's why I'm like, I could not like, I am just so ethically opposed to income tax that like I have to not think about it when I'm doing doing the tax returns. It's like ridiculous. So at least with auditing, like it's still kind of working for the system. Like no one really wants to get audits, but at least it like helps it does help the organizations because especially with nonprofits, like a lot of times it's because in order for them to continue receiving grants, um, the ag- granting agencies want to know that their money is being spent where they say and that right. they really have what they have. And so it does at least provide some value. Whereas with taxes, it's just making sure that you are not getting into trouble with the yeah. powers that be because we're just we're just tax cattle on their farm. I hate it too, so much. Oh yeah, they're just milking us. Yeah, and it's just like when you You're like oh, you should have a little bit more milk. I'm gonna <sighs> take you out. <laughs> and then we just send it to be laundered through a just like through the washing machine <laughs> all overseas to Ukraine. <laughs> pay all of our pay all of our send all our money that way and who cares about your inflation yeah i just have to shut my brain off sometimes and i think i'm like what can you imagine the power like just the brain power that would be unleashed on our world and like all the amazing things we could do if we didn't have this huge like sector of the workforce absorbed with doing taxes because i work with some very smart people that their job is doing taxes and i'm like you were so smart you could be like out there curing cancer or something but like not shaming them for their choice of career just saying like just complaining about the system in the way that it yeah. is yeah it's uh it's heavy yes it's, it's pretty fat which is unfortunate yeah how'd you become so based <laughs> um <laughs> the lord <laughs> okay walk me through this well okay i i guess be more specific so um oh, oh. i'm so sorry uh that was uh Make sure that doesn't happen again. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I just got a notification that uh, there's a neighborhood meeting. There's not. Oh. That was put on from like 2018. It's just in my calendar. So every <laughs> Sunday, it's like, yeah, there, there may be a neighborhood meeting. There's not. Sorry. So sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, wow. How'd I, um, yeah, government. That was that's my little intro into government, trying to be a better neighbor. <laughs> uh, but no, how'd you, yeah, how'd you become so big? Ba- well, so, I mean, you private. Instagram. And I'll say the thing about your private Instagram, I will say this, like there are a lot of people who on social media, they're not creating, they're regurgitating, which Mm -hmm. we kind of chatted about. But when you repost a meme, you do put your thoughts there, Mm -hmm. which I really appreciate because it's like, this is what they're saying. And then this is what I think about what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's fascinating to me instead of just someone that has memes. And And just shares. Yeah. Or posts or this is how you're supposed to politically be thinking. I I get so much of that. Yes. Well, and the thing about my private story, too, is that I don't necessarily assume that everyone who watches it agrees. Like, I know that there are some people on it that don't agree with me on everything, but I know that they're the type of people that are like they are not emotionally driven and they're not the type of person that's just going to jump to a conclusion and call you some mean name for disagree. Like they, if anything, they'll read it. They may tell you why they disagree with it. mm -hmm. Oh, that's fascinating that you think that. Or like they might push back. And honestly, I think that like, it would be a really boring world if we all agreed. Like I can't think of anybody that with which I'm really close that agrees with me a hundred percent on things. Like we all, and I like our society has, we become so sensitive and so like 
inoculated to other viewpoints that we think that anytime people disagree on something, it's a um, like it's bad and it's a conflict or that it's a negative conflict and that it's this big detrimental like, oh, we can't ever disagree. But on it, like I'm glad that my best friends don't agree with me on everything because we I think you need to be able to defend your beliefs. And if you if you have a belief that can't be questioned, it's not worth having. And if you don't yeah. know for yourself if it can't stand up to criticism and it buckles under scrutiny, then like, why are you even believing it? You have to make sure you have your own beliefs and that it's it like you stand by them. And so I like when, and now if somebody is, I've had people that I've literally just blocked from my Facebook because they never like, they would never engage with me unless it was something that they didn't agree with. And then they would just like come at me. And I'm like, I am more than happy for you to disagree with me. But like, if you are only like if you're just if you never interact with me otherwise you never like any of my other things or like talk to me or like it's like I forget that you're even there until you just like post some novel about how evil I am or whatever like then you're not like really a friend and I don't really want you seeing this stuff and you're you're not having a good faith conversation you're just there to fight with people I literally had someone that um in line they're gatekeepers yeah (laughs) yes no I had a girl that um did that once she would have people she at grace college yes <laughs> mm-hmm. um okay. All right, keep going. we had people that i don't i still don't know who they were if there were more than one but she blo- we were friends and then she blocked me i mean she had stuff going on in her life that i think kind of accelerated the decay of her <laughs> worldview but she blocked me after a certain point um and I guess there were people on my, at least one person on my wall that was like a snitch because mm. they, there were a couple times where she would Talk unblock. About college. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, they, she would unblock, go to her blocked list, unblock me, and then comment like, oh, somebody just informed me that you posted something like harmful, which I didn't. But like, and then she would then post like some really long essay about, on like a comment on something. And it was so weird. And that happened a couple of times. And it just felt so then at one point and then she must have been like refreshing my page because I then I made a post I'm like okay whoever you are if you disagree with me please tell me rather than just having somebody that doesn't like me just randomly come onto my wall and start attacking me because like you need to be able to like discuss it with me don't just be weirdly snitching and creeping on me and then go tattletale to mommy so she can come fight for you Mm. and then like the second that I posted it she laughed at it so she must have been just like refreshing my page waiting waiting for me it was so it was honestly creepy. And so then I just ended up blocking her because I'm like, I don't want her to have the power to keep unblocking me and like stalking. I, it just got really weird. And I'm wow. like, and it was strange because we used to be able to have good conversations, even when we disagreed about things and have the benefit of the doubt. But I think like she just, I know some stuff in her personal life kind of made her unstable, I would guess, or just she, I don't know. I see, I'm again, I'm yeah. trying to be like kind because it's, I don't want to say anything bad, but it's, it's probably witchcraft. No big deal. I mean, literally, probably. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. It, it all is. It, it all is. is. Yeah. Um. What, what What was the thing that you said about girls? Girls are tough. Oh okay. no. Uh, girls are the worst. Girls are the worst. And then Facebook restricted me. Right. right. Come on, <laughs> so, Facebook. You're I know. Enabling the worst behavior. Of these people. I okay. know. Anyways, yeah, yeah. That's what. So, but the question is, how'd you become based? Um. Okay. How, so- how did this happen? Where did this, Where did this come from? Because. Um, the majority of the people that I know that came from Grace or even like our generation, mm-hmm. right, are not, we're not, um, we're outspoken when it's culturally accepted. 
mm-hmm. right? So when, when it's okay to say what you say, you say it along with everyone else. Uh, you can't really have critical thinking, which we talked a little bit about, because if, or, or you can, but it's just not something that you post or talk about. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there is kind of a narrative that everyone has to kind of agree with and believe right now. And I feel like sometimes you don't agree at all, and you're very outspoken about that. And where other people that I've met at Grace College are the direct opposite. And so mm-hmm. I just don't understand uh, where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> does that make sense? Like, yes, it does. How did, how did you get to the point where you're at now? And, and what was the journey along that way? And has it been always that way? Or, yeah, how's that for very open-ended? No, that's, yeah, that's good. Um, well, I think I've always been... Um, like I've always kind of, I've always been outspoken and I've always been, um, kind of critical, like not necessarily in a negative way, just like that's always just been how my brain thinks. Um, but I felt like it wasn't until I studied abroad that that was kind of my breaking point when Mm. I, um, like my entire worldview was just, because when you are out of your, I had traveled before, but I had never actually lived somewhere where it's not just a fun trip, but you're living there and you have a life and just a routine and it's just, it just totally blew my mind that, I don't know, God, I was also going through my a little heartbreak at the time that was very dramatic to me. And so God used that double he, whammy kind of, yeah. Is he liberal? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my, he's the one that brought Cassie and me together. Hi, Cassie, you know exactly. <laughs> because we both, um, he kind of, then after, after me, he kind of like, did the same little song and dance with Cassie. Uh, and so then we kind of became really good friends from bonding over yeah, it. Trauma bond. Um, nice. Yes. But he, um, no, yeah, I'm very, I'm very glad that that didn't work out now. But um, I, God just totally revamped my mindset because when you're taken away from everything that you know and you're in a whole new context, you have to, you have to learn who you really are when, like, what part of you remains when you're taken away from everything you've known and f- how much of you is just your, um, like upbringing in your environment versus how much of you is maintained when you're somewhere else. And then I really saw that God truly is the constant factor that does not change. And he, I just really got a lot closer to him and that just, I don't know. It's almost like my life is like pre Argentina and post Argentina in terms of how I think about things because I just had a totally, I call it broken in a good way. Like I broke through the the glass almost and I just see things a lot more, a lot more critically. I've always had a bent towards being a critical thinker and towards like not, they're called conspiracies, but you know, like I've always like leaned that way of questioning things. Why is this happened this way? Yes. Yeah. And like, it's just in my nature, people call it cynical, but I call it ecclesiastical. Like it's in my nature to just assume that, you know, everything is meaningless without Christ as cheesy as it sounds like that was the book that got me through a really bad period of depression and dealing with like kind of the trauma of your entire world being flipped upside down was clinging to that book. Like, oh, there's this part of scripture that explains how I'm feeling. And it's not like, I'm not condemned for having these questions. It just... I just like God is the thing that gives things meaning and to which you have to orient yourself. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I just kind of, that was the, that was the start 
maybe or it, mm-hmm. was, it had been starting but that was like the boiling point maybe yes definitely that was like that. the catalyst and so i guess um and what year was that that was 2017 okay so then um yeah, right I in this political climate. Yes, everything is swirling around. Right, mm-hmm. things have kind of changed from the world that we kind of came from to now. This is like a new, weird. Oh, a new crazy. Yeah. Well, and so and everything I, on social media was ramping up. Yes. More, right. Okay. It was insane. So yeah, now that you say that, that reminds me. I think I got my first taste of just like how people are crazy because um, I think just something happened where like. Mike Pence was speaking at some at the Notre Dame commencement and people like walked out because they hated him or something. And I I don't remember. I like I don't even remember what I was saying, but I made some post on Facebook about how like I don't even really like know about Mike Pence or care who he is. I just think that it's like, why is our culture so sensitive that instead of just sitting through something you don't like and like disagreeing with it you have to like make a statement and I had always kind of hated virtue signaling I remember calling out like when people were so mad about or the whole Starbucks like not saying Merry Christmas or whatever but people but everyone was getting really mad about it but I'm like I've never seen or people were getting mad about people being mad at it and I'm like I've never actually seen someone be upset about Starbucks saying that I've just seen people like getting mad at this fake problem and so I just I kind of that was when I the thing I really remember when I started to notice the virtue signaling pandemic pardon my French Mm. but then um canceled yeah well then so then yeah on social media I just like I don't know why but I had just shared this article about how like if I don't like Hillary Clinton but if she were giving a speech I would just like sit through like and now maybe I wouldn't. Now maybe I would walk out because she's yeah. gross. But you know, at the time, and things it would weren't kind of cool to hear what she has to say. Uh huh. Because right? like we live in a world where we only hear what she said from other people. Exactly. But it's like if you have the opportunity to be like, no matter how evil you think this person is, like, I don't know. Don't be a child. You're not doing any favors. Yeah. yeah I um I knew someone that he was like very well. Actually, I'll talk about him in a minute because that's part of this journey. But he had um met Hillary Clinton and I was like oh yeah did you tell her to stick it where the sun don't shine he's like no I just shook her hand I was like rock on Hillary he's like there's enough like hatred and yeah I might think she's like an awful person but what am I gonna do by being rude so um yeah what a beautiful thought I know I'm like that's probably very mature yeah it was mature but um (laughs) um so anyway where was I going with oh so that I anyway when I like made that post about I mean like even if it if it were Hillary Clinton and I don't like her but I would still sit through her message so I don't understand why people have to make it all political but like I remember not expecting it but getting totally lit up on that like I had all of Mm -hmm. these people that again like had been really good friends of mine even just like come out of the woodwork and start like being like well he's so oppressive to gay people and he like hates blah 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 like I can't believe that you don't think it's bad to walk out and hit. Like, I just saw, got the first taste of the ugly side of social media just mm. for, again, I didn't think I was saying anything controversial. And so that kind of ignited me to, like, see, okay, these people in my generation are really lacking some, like, emotional maturity, it seems, because they can't, I don't know. And then that was the time, um, that was when the whole the Evan Kilgore marketing thing happened oh. too. And I remember watching that unfold from afar, which hi Evan. Um, I hi, because I, I have this little group. Ch- well, maybe I shouldn't say it in public in front of the authorities, but I'm in this little like group chat that might include one of the 
people just noted and sometimes we just like make fun of Grace College or just like, you know, we share memes too. But for, for those who don't know what happened, can you give just a real quick? Yes. Were, were you going to Grace at the time? Yes. So this was when I was studying abroad oh, man, and I watched some, it all happen from afar. This so is some Grace drama. Welcome, folks. It was so Enjoy. Stupid. Enjoy. So there um, once upon a time, this there was a, um, a man named Evan Kilgore. Hi, Evan. He um it was like Mr. Grace College, I think like student body president, yep. commencement speaker, just something like very involved, um, like very popular, very like Mr. Grace. And he was on the marketing committee. And was he, um, this was after he graduated. I think so. And I think he was um, in enrollment. He was doing advanced or like admissions, admissions maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. Something, some, something where they, the team, they had like, I don't know. They were eating lettuce wraps and they're like, oh, they just made some like corny white people joke like, oh, we're being rap stars today. And so then they like dressed up like thugs and took just like this. Oh, sorry. I keep running my wine into the microphone. They just like took these cheesy little um, pictures with like do rags and just they're like, haha, it's our rap album cover. But like, obviously, like, no, it was just like being dumb and like cheesy, you know, like no one was really taking it seriously, but then every, like, someone found it. Actually, yeah, there was that one guy, Chris Merrick or whatever, he, like, saw this picture and was like, this is racist towards black people, because apparently it was making fun of black people to just, like, like, because apparently rap culture is synonymous with black people for some reason. I'm like, um... Uh, they made the title uh, NGA, which is a... Oh, not grace appropriate right, or whatever. A, right, but that was a they were mimicking the album NWA, which okay. is like an, an like an original like like one of the old school. Like mm-hmm. That was one of the founding. I mean, Pete, that like historically known as like a, an amazing album. And you know, I don't know if you know what the NWA stands for. Um, no, I don't know anything about rap. Homies with attitude. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that, and I think that's what they. But I don't know if they were. Who knows what the intention was who, behind it? But they took this. They took this photo. They made. It was kind of like a marketing ploy, right? Mm-hmm. And but it wasn't even the official. Like they did it on their free time. Like it wasn't even like part of their like a marketing scheme. I think they just. It like happened to be a group of marketing employees that did yeah, it. As far as I remember. Up and doing all these things. Yeah, I remember them. Anyways, so someone saw it. It blew up. Because they were being racist. Because they were being racist. And then what happened? Um, So it just picked up more and more steam. People were getting angrier by the day. And I was just watching this all unfold from the Southern Hemisphere. Like, do these people not have time on their hands or have so much time on their hands that they're just going to, like, accuse people of being racist when clearly they're not? And then everybody that was in the picture got fired. Oh, wow. And including Evan. And they were just very unjust in how they, like, went about it. And just a lot of... Just a lot of really bad stuff from what I've heard and how, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say it on record, but let's just say I lost a lot. I already was losing some respect for like leadership there just from different things that I had seen. But that really, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to fire people because you're caving to backlash? Because nobody, nobody in leadership had a problem with it until it blew up, which I think there was a, a few days. Because I think like... Yeah, I don't think it was until a little bit after that. It, I don't know, because it was honestly so long ago, but like it was just very ridiculous. And so I just remember watching it all from afar and being so shocked that like 
Grace College was being this way. I'm like, this is not at all like, first of all, you are not at all living out grace, which is your name. Like if you're just letting the mob dictate you, especially when like anybody who knows these people. Oh, and then so Evan is just really tan, but people were saying he was dressing in blackface or something oh, really? from literally just like having a tan. And so just stupid things like that. And they were just like. I don't know. It was just really ridiculous. I think, um, oh gosh, Emily something was another mm -hmm. girl. I don't remember her last name, but I had a few classes with her and she was just like the sweetest. I remember thinking she was so sweet and she like also... Millie Prof or something like that? No. Uh, propped, prop? Some, yeah, something. Yeah. And like she was like... Vincel and uh, who was the other lady? Oh, I forget her name. Anyways, yeah. I yeah. knew her. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't... I only knew Emily just from afar and I didn't really know Evan either but I'm just like Emily is such a sweetheart like she is not racist like you know she was not out there to make and I then I said like as a Detroiter I'm offended that you think like Eminem is not a rapper apparently because he's white and you apparently equate <laughs> blackness with rap like it was just so logically incoherent of an argument anyway like no one could actually like that I really just saw how the mob just thinks based on virtue signaling and whatever they think is fashionable to say at the time. And I just like, yeah, I just watched that all happen. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And I had already, um, like signed on to be an RA for the next year. So I'm like, uh Oh, I hope that this isn't going to be like, cause I think I spoke out about it too. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a fun year if we're going to keep going down this road. And then we did keep going down that road because then there was, like the whole fake hate crime that we talked about oh, where somebody... This was at lunch. We were talking about that. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. Sorry. We were talking about this before the podcast, but somebody had um, faked a hate crime and or faked like a slur written on... Somebody uh, wrote a... Poster board. Or, no, it was like a, a erasable board or something like that. Yeah, I think it was board. on his door, like his dorm door and front AD. door and they he had like a um, dry erase board and yeah. he wrote like a slur on it, but you know, it, we weren't supposed to know it was him. Um, but like, everyone and then did. that went viral. That went right. viral. And so they're like, Oh, there's a, you know, Grace college is full of racists. And then they had like, yeah, we had to have minority chapel where, um, I was also talking about this at lunch. Somebody literally went onto, or they, they brought a bunch of like minority people onto stage or onto the stage. And they were all sitting there and just like, crying telling us about their microaggressions and just this girl's like yeah my hair people compliment my hair and because it's like different than theirs and they like ask how I do it and it's just really like hurtful to me that I'm different and all of this stuff and I'm like hello I literally um like I've literally witnessed like seen people or talked to people that have like watch people get thrown out of their homes in other countries for being black. And then you're going to sit here and cry because like somebody's complimenting you on your hair. Like I thought diversity is strength. Like why can you not, why can someone not admire your hair without being called a racist? Like that's so, it was just ridiculous. And we had, I remember I just could literally feel something demonic about it when the quote unquote hate crime was like found, like when, when it first broke out, um, we had to call this emergency chapel together and like, where it was just this very like our president was very much like this was I don't know it just I it just did not feel right and this was before I even knew what happened but like 
I don't know how to explain it other than like it literally felt like demonic almost. And I, I was having this like weird anxiety attack where I had to go and, well, we had to have a little emergency meeting with my RA team about, oh, what are we going to do about this horrible racism? And we all, like, I remember it just all felt so forced and it was cringy. And then I had to just go out on a drive and blast my like Psalms through like song or Psalms, songs, and like, like scripture reading over myself because it was weird. It literally just felt like there was a bad presence in there. And I'm like, I could just like, there was so much, maybe it was a spirit of deception because there was deception going on, but, and then they did these little protests. So the guy that broke my heart and like the cast, the guy with that Cassie Mm -hmm. and I, um, he, I remember he was in the little protest against nothing. Like people just stood out in front of alpha dining with little signs that say like, hate isn't welcome here. And like, you know, making such a stunning and brave stance against this false enemy <laughs> and like um the guy was one of those people just like so stunning and brave to be among the I don't know people just standing there virtue signaling and it was it was just a very it was a very odd scenario so that just really my eyes just kept getting opened up to like wow so this is what the mob is like and these institutions that will follow the mob like if you want to follow the world and do like bend to the world's dictates, then that's your call, but don't call yourself a Christian organization if you're not going to follow Christ. And if you're going to just follow the whims of man and you're going to go along with, I don't know. So I just really got more and more and they knew like my bosses knew, I think because someone told me I was on one of their blacklists of people that were against like, because we even had to watch in our lists. (laughs) <laughs> that was all just conjecture. It could have been fake, but um, like they they no, knew. Grace them. College has lists. They have lists. Yeah. Like, cause in our training at the beginning of the year, we had to watch this video that encouraged us to like, oh, it's okay to apologize to your white or for your whiteness to some people like that are of color or whatever. And I just wasn't on board with that. And so I think more and more that year, I just kept getting really like wow. irritated. So Started the year before. And Officially, it started, yeah. It started like to compound as all mm-hmm. the environment you were in as that all was unfolding. Because you're watching it yeah. closer and closer to home. Mm-hmm. Well, there had been a fake hate crime at University of Michigan, so like around the same time, and so it was like, um, that I was just in kept the news. Yeah, and it's just like gross. So, yeah, I just kept getting. It's, and that's unfortunate because there's real hate crimes that are happening. And it, yes. It's like that just diminishes from that. Ex- that's my thing, too. I'm like, you're taking away from like actual instances of this by crying wolf. And like yeah. you're taking away attention and outrage from things that actually are harming people. And you're getting mad about these fake things. Like, why? Do you want attention or you want to make people look bad? Like, that's so like that's so sinful. Like, like these false accusations. And then you're trying to like make this organization look bad, but then the organization cares about its image. So they're bad too, because then they go along with the deception. And so that was bad. And then flash forward to 2019, I was dating someone that was like really libertarian and I was just like conservative ish. Like I didn't really, I had never really looked into like the theory of it. And I thought, and this was the guy that I talked about earlier with like meeting Hillary Clinton. That's why I said I was going to talk about him again. But like, so I just like thought that he was like, his ideas were kind of ridiculous. Um, but you know, like I didn't really like, I was like, yeah, maybe. And like, he kind of had a point with some things, but it just kind of like sat on the, 
in the back seat. And then um, we like broke up around the beginning of 2020. But then shortly after what happened in 2020, the spicy flu happened. And I (laughs) all of a sudden, the libertarian (laughs) viewpoint made so much sense because I was watching in real time our government do things that no government should be able to do. And that's just totally like, and then I got really like extreme about that. And, and now I'm at the point where like, I don't even really know, like, I'm not like, I don't really think that libertarianism totally fits with, like, I don't think that it's God's design for government, but I think that it's the most practical, practicable way. I can't say that word. It's, it's like the best option we have right now in this pluralistic, society where like everyone has their own dumb postmodern truth but i don't know i'm i'm just kind of like floating in between i don't even really know what i <laughs> i don't even no, know yeah. i just it's not god's religion but or sorry that's not god's uh political view mm-hmm. right god's not like this is the right way but he's also not like republican is the right way either, oh right or liberal is the right way he's you know he, i'm pretty sure he's apolitical yes i feel like god is a way different than that but there's probably truths in who he is in each. But libertarian makes a lot more sense. Well, that's a, what because their their whole thing is like the non-aggression principle of like you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm a third party. And the second that it harms an innocent, non-consenting third party, that's when aggression happens. Yes, and that's when it like that's when the government steps in. But um, the government shouldn't be doing all of these other things, which like they're doing and the government shouldn't be legislating all of these. I don't know. And so like, I totally am on board with that whole like small government thing. Um, and yeah, like tax, like maybe a small sales tax is okay, but income tax is disgusting, but like, it's only going to grow. It's only going to grow because then like Ukraine's going to need money again tomorrow and then the next day, but it's just coming back to, it's all laundry. It's all a nice big washing machine, money laundry. Yeah. Going to the, to the elites always. Always. Yeah. It's just, it's gross. So So 2020 is really what turned you into. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You you got, there was a gateway drug, right? Yeah. That that guy. And Uh that's what opened up as the thing started happening. Yes. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. He introduced, um, those like my, he kind of planted the seeds and then, and then it was funny because like kind of conversely, I mean, I don't really know. Cause I don't really like, I didn't really talk to him. It was just like a very bad breakup. So I, we didn't like keep in touch, but like while we were dating, I kind of like, he like was a Christian and like had his own, like a strong faith, but very, you know, more like cessationist, not really like into didn't really like care about spiritual warfare or like the enemy or really like think that there was a threat and just kind of bought into the whole, what I call Christian materialism that plagues the Western church of like, Oh, the only thing that's real is what you see. Like, yeah, we believe supernatural stuff about the Bible, but we don't really like, not really. Yeah. yeah. And so, and like, you know, I kind of pushed back on that with him. And so my, like, I was like, well, it would be, like his views really started to make sense to me on my own in 2020. And so I would hope that he maybe mine started to make sense to him with all of just the, what I believe is just was like demonic and evil stuff that we saw happening in 2020. Mm -hmm. And like, I think some of it might have, but um, yeah, that really, I I remember it was specifically when the cares act passed. Well, so when all the lockdowns were happening, I'm like, wait, this doesn't feel right. Like, 
what, what? <laughs> we're just letting them tell us to shut down. And I still like, we didn't know what COVID was. I thought maybe it was really like this scary thing, but I'm like, it just feels weird that we're being forced by our government, even though I don't want to go outside. Like I'm happy to stay home, but it's weird that the government's telling me that. And then, um, I got really mad when they passed the CARES Act because it was, um, I don't, even, I don't even remember. There's been so many now, but it was the first stimulus or whatever for everyone that like wasn't at home or, or for, for all the money lost. But it's like, if you want to have shut things down, they wouldn't have lost this money. And mm. I think what made me really mad was, um, do you know who Thomas Massey is? Yeah. I love, I love him. Um, but he got in a lot of hot water because there was, I guess Congress had been in session. He's a um, representative from Kentucky. Kentucky is like the only good state. They gave us the Pauls. They gave us Thomas Massey. I'm like, I want to, I actually um, met, or like I knew someone from my little Christian debate Facebook page that I talked about earlier who lived in Kentucky near Thomas Massey. And he's like, yeah, he's a genuinely good guy. Like his family just has a cattle ranch. Like he's a one of the main, one of the rare, like real deals in Congress. But I guess Thomas Massey had like they like Congress was in session and they were going to vote on the CARES Act. But then everybody flew home early and you had to be I don't there was something where it had to be unanimous. Like if you wanted to do a remote vote, it had to be unanimous. And Thomas Massey was the one person that did not want because I guess something about the way. If it's a remote vote, I guess it wouldn't go on your record right, right. or something. That you voted for it. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he was like, well, nobody told them to go home before our session was over. And everyone was like, I don't want, I want this to be on people's records that they voted for this thing that's going to lead to astronomical inflation and all sorts of issues. And so like he, everybody had to come back because of him and people on both sides were mad. Donald Trump called him like a mass hole or something like people were so mad at him for and that really pissed me off because I'm like nobody told you guys to all go jet set and go home before your job was over like you're literally doing your job and everyone's like we could have got COVID on the plane it's like you weren't gonna get COVID on the way back I'm like also Bernie Sanders is it really such a bad thing if you maybe well you need to meet Jesus first but if you kind of your time was over well the thing is the COVID wouldn't have killed him he would have been fine I mean, so that, yeah, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, at the time, we didn't know. We, I mean, people, well, that was their thing. They're like, it could kill anybody at any age. Like, it could, like, I can't believe you're making us all come back in close quarters. Grandma and, killer. Grandma killer. Grandma killer. Oh, yeah. How many times have I been called that the past couple of years? But yeah. it's fine. I love my, I love all grandmas. <laughs> yeah. And Abdu- or what, what's the uh, Spanish? Is it Abdullah? Abuela. <laughs> oh, abuela. Abuela, yeah. Or nonna in Italian. I love abuelas as well. Yes, Grandmas I love and abuelas. I love both. Yes, love them. I love them all, and I don't want them to die. But that was what really like just sparked it. Huh? Yeah, and then things just kept happening more and more that made me just get more and more passionate. And so then I have kind of calmed down a little because I realized the futility. I'm like screaming into a void, kind of. Yeah, screaming into a void's not going to do any because I just like I always wanted people to. I'm like, I'm already fired up about these things, but there's like, my goal was always to get other people to see what was going on so that they like strengthen numbers. And it just seemed that no one ever was doing anything. And then I just was screaming louder into a void. And it was just like, okay, well, this isn't helping and it's just causing damage. But so, and I have like had to learn 
and like be discipled to learn how to refine my voice and not use my gift as like a weapon to cut people down, but to be led by the Lord because I am gifted in how I write and how I talk. And I have like, I definitely have used that in very damaging ways before because I like, I know how to use words and it's kind of, oops, sorry. <laughs> my wine keeps crashing into my microphone. I don't know how it does it. Um, like I know how I have that ability to see how to like make my arguments and how to communicate things in a way that's really going to hit home. And I can see sometimes how to really hurt people. And in yeah. my anger, like I want you them see to the hole in the armor. Yes. Right. You're like, oh, there it is. And then I'm that's like, oh, I can really get in and get where it hurts and then make them. And in my own convoluted way, it's me wanting them to feel or it's me wanting them to have like judgment on them so that they like repent and like are ashamed of their bad things. But I'm like, I can't play God. Like, that's not my job. And so it's it's definitely been a learning curve and still a work in process. But um, like God is teaching me how to like refine my voice and how to, yeah, like be very be more effective and rather than just out there like screaming into a void and like trying to get people fired up. It's like, well, there's only so much that I can do. And like, if at the end of the day, people are either spiritually blind with the scales on their eyes or they're not like, it's not my job. Like it's scripture says it's only he that hardens hearts and softens hearts. Like it's, I can tell them the truth to a degree, but like, and I like, we should still stand for truth. But at the end of the day, like I can't, make their worldview change. And that's such a hard thing to come to terms with is when you see people walking in darkness and it's like, there's so much freedom if you're not like if once you break through, but it's, there's no way to break them out. Like I, I want one time you you can't do it. You can't It's not by you. You can't do it. And that's what I've had to remember is that it's not, I'm using my flesh and blood to fight flesh and blood when it's really, not my fight. Like it's against powers and principalities and like in my own strength, I can't, I can't fight that. So instead of being mad at people for being deceived, like they're not like, they're really just the victims cause they're the pawns and it's sad. So I don't know. I could, yeah, it's been quite a journey and it's still a work in progress, but I'm like, well, I have been gifted with this almost like not prophetic in the future sense, but just like speaking out like speaking truth, even when it's unpopular, but I have often used that like to cut people down and not in a, not in a God glorifying way. And I mean, again, Kyle talks a lot about integrity of, and he's like, it's much more important someone's integrity and character than how gifted they are. Like they could be the most gifted person in the world, but if they're not operating with integrity and if they're not operating with character and, um, and concern for others, then like, what is even the point? And hmm. he even said something on Wednesday at that workshop that the hearing mm-hmm. from God workshop that if you discern something about someone, like maybe some sin that they're in. And if your response is not that your heart is broken for them, but that you like, you're like, ha I knew it. Like you're going to yield it over their head. Um, like that's a big problem. And I was so convicted because I feel like that is just my flesh tendency is to always be like, Oh, you dirty rotten sinner. Like, I'm so mad that you think that it's okay to do X, Y, Z to other people and blah, blah, blah. When instead, like my heart should be broken, that broken for them. Mm. And so that's just been something re brought to mind that God's been talking to me about and we've been working on it. (laughs) So, yeah. 
how did uh let's let's talk about that faith journey like how'd that happen like was it something that's just been continually growing or was there like a a light bulb moment where like things actually shifted i'm guessing i mean from what it sounds like let me just say this from what it sounds like you grew up in a christian home yes right that's kind of uh <laughs> what's been like you said um charismatic slash mm-hmm. pentecostal um Going to Grace College, that's obviously a Christian college. Yep, Christian right. high school too. Would, would you say, oh, Christian high school as well? Yep. That Baptist. Yep, the Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what like what has your faith journey been? Because right now you're getting downloads and learning a lot. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of different things right now. Yes. Um, what what what's that journey been like? So yes, you're correct. I um, was born into a family with a strong spiritual legacy on both sides. Like my grandparents. Both sets of grandparents have really cool testimonies. Um, yep, grew up going to church, and I've always had a relationship with God. I think I was like four when I first, you know, had my asked Jesus into my heart, but it's really just been a lifelong journey. There wasn't really one moment when um, I could say that, yep, I totally like a pivot point. I was lost and then I was found for me. It really, like, I was very blessed with parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and a church that taught me, um, taught me these truths. And then I, I would say though, that when I got to high school, because I had been in public schools and it was just like really bad. And my parents pulled me out cause they could see that I was just like not going down a good road kind of. And so for a high school, um, that's when I started going to that Baptist school. Well, and I had, I had gone to Lutheran schools growing up and I, I loved them. Like I, I had a very awesome elementary school experience just really and even though I'm not Lutheran like I I love the Lutheran church I think there's a lot that yeah I I like them and so I shout to the Lutherans shout out to the Lutherans we've got a couple that listen (laughs) yeah we love you I mean you can talk to me about your transubstantiation because I don't understand but I've I'm open to hearing about it because y'all have your reasons for believing it and I want to know but um so I went to public school for like fifth through eighth grade and it just it was like a very and looking back I can see a lot of darkness in my own little preteen life that was from that and yeah so I um, went to a Christian school from ninth through twelfth grade and I really say that my ninth grade bible class was where I really started like taking responsibility for my faith or started taking it into my own hands and like reading the bible for myself and learning a lot and even though that class, you know, I would sometimes get picked on for being charismatic. I, I did learn a lot. And I, um, yeah, I really liked that class. Some very foundational things um, were taught there. And yeah, it was awesome. And so it's just kind of been, I guess, yeah, my entire life, God's spoken to me and God's presence has been identifiable in my life basically since I was a baby. But well, technically, like, since I was in the womb, I guess. But um really high school is where I consider my like active relationship with God starting. And, um, even just, it's so precious to think back that, you know, my little problems at the time were like friend drama and like little boy drama and stuff. And like, I just remember being so dramatic about it, but God meets you where you're at. And like, he helped me through those things. And I, it was such a foundation to really get close to God dirt. Like he didn't, you know, laugh at me for being dramatic and like a dumb little high schooler. He was like, no, that's like, I'm here for you in those hurts and I'm not going to leave you. And I just stuff like that. And so it was a very good, 
it was a very good, um, I guess, year of growth. And then I went to summer camp and got filled with the Holy Spirit, like indwelt to the point, like spoke speaking in tongues for the first time. Um, and so that was also like a beautiful moment because I just remember we were singing revelation song, which now it's like my, one of my favorite worship songs because it's special. And I just like, I got this vision almost of just like of Jesus as the lion of Judah, just like prowling in the heaven. I don't, it was just like this really cool vision that I can't really explain. Um, like I saw it in my mind, but it was very vivid and very powerful. And then I like felt like my heart was rushing and beating and like, I felt the physical sensation and that's, you know, mm. um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And so I, that wasn't like the start of my relationship with God, but that was like a cool another layer. Yes. Another layer. And just, yeah, it seems like every year I keep learning and I'm not where I was a year ago. Every, like every month, every week, every day, like we're never the same people that, I don't know. It's just cool to see the trajectory of sanctification of how we, you know, you can look back at where you were just a little while ago and all of the new things that you've learned and all of the new ways that God has revealed his faithfulness and sovereignty over your life. And it's just really cool. So I always, I always like looking back on that and just remembering how faithful he's been and that, you know, no matter what's going on, whether I'm a little ninth grader feeling like, (laughs) excluded from my friends or or an angsty little 20 year old thinking she's in some eat pray love like I just got my heart broken by my love and now I'm in the south like South America finding myself like so dramatic but like God always meets you where you're at and like like yeah he's so gracious because I would just be laughing you know and he probably was laughing at me being ridiculous in some of those moments but it's just so cool yeah he's that's probably training too like when you're learning that in high school right there's probably things you learned then that's helped you now when you Mm -hmm. have those same friends on Facebook just attacking you or what Mm -hmm. it's probably just like things that there's a reason for it then and it turns into something later you go through the stuff you go through for a reason absolutely not Hindsight's twenty twenty, and hindsight's where you really see where God worked. Oh, definitely. Cool. Yeah. And I can, like, for how many, because I, there has been collateral damage of the past few years of, like, friendships that have been lost, and I honestly am not, you know, let, let the bridges I burn light the way, you know? Not that I'm out there <laughs> trying to burn bridges, but I realized, like, anything that you, and I, and there have been times where, it's been me in my flesh being angry. And so I'm not going to say that I'm such a martyr and always losing friends because of God. But there are other times where literally just standing for truth and like not saying that it's okay to like rip a baby's arms off or things like that, like are going to get you hate. And for all of the craziness that's happened, like every, everyone that's been lost, like God's restored it to better than before by bringing me like new friends that are close to like that have my same values. And again, it's not that I'm ever happy if like someone's not in my life anymore. And there are people like the, like the girl that was like blocking me and unblocking me, like she's still on my heart to pray for. And I like, I'm believing for her to truly come to the Lord and have freedom from the life that she's living right now, because it just seems like even just from a secular standpoint, it just does not seem like good. And Mm. I, I, I know that God loves her so much that he wants more for her than that. And so it's, I've, I'll never like totally write someone off, but, um, 
like when they decide that they don't want me around anymore, like it's fine because God's provided miraculously people that like for everyone that's been lost, it's like he's provided two more in terms of like spiritual value, like Mm. common ground. And so it's been, it's been very refining, but, and my mom will even have people come up to her and say like, man, I really love what Juliana posts. Like she's so, um, and like, I don't really post that much anymore, but probably more in like 2020 maybe. Cause I think I was just saying a lot of what people were thinking and like people will say like, man, I wish like I could say that. Or people have even messaged me like you need to run for office or something yeah, because yeah. we need more people like you. And I'm like governor of Michigan. Oh, <laughs> That office has been probably handed over an agreement with darkness, but God, if you want me there, I guess I can't say no, but you're going to have to break those bounds. I, I'm perfectly happy to be an auditor and just be like in my little, in my cubicle, but, um, oh goodness. I don't remember. No, I don't remember what I was saying. I got distracted by the dog Joe Biden barking. Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah. Um, you'd mentioned a little bit about spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of what do you think your gifting is? I mean, you kind of touched base on that, but I'd love to hear what you think you're just, I mean, there's more that as you get older, you, yes. you learn more, but what do you think your gifting is? Hmm. Are you talking like fivefold or just so like my gift? I feel like one of my gifts is communication. Like uh-huh. I love to listen and I love to talk to people. And I feel like that's just something that, um, it just comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's part of the fivefold. It does. It does show up in some ways. Uh-huh. But those who don't know what fivefold is, it's um, kind of the different uh, roles that you can kind of see in the church. There's five different roles. Pre- preacher, a pastor, teacher, apostle, um, prophet, and what was the Evangelist. Other? Evangelist, yeah. I always forget that one. Yeah, and I think that's what I am, more of an evangelist, mm-hmm. right? Because you, so evangelist is someone who can communicate who God is and what God's doing. And I just, there's some of that, that falls in, in my world, but I, you know, because I of, think you are more, cause I, didn't you talk about this in your episode with Maynard? I remember yeah. listen, like, cause you are very gifted at reaching people, like all bunch of different people. So yeah, I like, uh, the way I have explained, and this came through, um, just being at the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to do like the art of hearing God, what we're doing mm-hmm. now, but it was a smaller group and we'd be on Tuesdays. Uh-huh. And I remember, them showing ways that uh, people communicate with God and they showed up via shapes, right? Okay. And my shape that I really connected to was a triangle. So like uh, the triangle, if you can imagine, um, the eye is on, on one angle at the bottom, at the base, I'm there. And then on the other side of the base is the person I'm talking to and we are both communicating. And mm-hmm. when that communication happens, I'm listening and I'm talking back. Then we're both being connected to God. You see what I'm saying? That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, for, I'm making the. It's, the yeah, it's. But, I keep forgetting they can't see our gestures. I yeah. do a lot of gestures. But um, I really connected to that. And when I realized that, I really started kind of pursuing that with you know podcasting, job, all that stuff. I just was like, yeah, this really makes a lot more sense to me because that is how I communicate. And that is how I, I feel like that is a gifting of mine. Oh, that's cool. All of that being said, what do you feel like your gifts? Because you kind of chatted a little bit about that being a prophet, seeing things that are happening, maybe not in the future, but a little bit more of like saying something that really convicts someone mm-hmm. or can see through that little gap in the armor that no one else can see mm-hmm. and just speak truth to that spot. What 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 do you think your gifting is? Yeah, I would 
I would probably say, um, I yeah, within the fivefold, I definitely think that I lean towards. Well, I thought it was apostolic, but I think it is more prophetic. I always get a little bit foggy on what the apostle is, but um, I would definitely yep. say apostle uh, is a supporter of all the other ministries. So it's a little flavor of both, right? Right. Then so they always say the apostle is the thumb, and the thumb can touch all all of them, right? And there's a, you know, the way that they do the fivefold ministry, there's a teaching where they explain each finger is a mm-hmm. different piece of the puzzle. But yeah, so the thumb is, I remember that the apostle, the person that uh, kind of comes in and supports, but also probably plays the role of all of them too. Well, and the aren't team. they kind of the trailblazer or they're kind of like the leaders at the forefront? Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of paving the way, which I think, I don't know if this is something we've said in church before, but it's like a thought that I've heard someone say that a lot of a big problem with like American churchianity is you have all these apostles that think that they're pastors, which again, it's not like everyone is a rigid one. one. And I mean, uh, also as like Kyle and James say, it's like, you can have the gifting, but few people actually have the calling to that office. And it's like a very grave, somber thing. And it's not, but most people call themselves pastors, but really are more gifted and apostolic of being the visionaries and trailblazers and not actually doing the shepherding. And so it just like, makes for unbalanced ministry a lot. Um, So I guess I would probably lean the most towards prophetic in terms of like seeing God's heart and seeing and wanting to speak it. And I think, yes, communication is part of that because I have been given the way to like write things out or verbally put things. Um, But I also, I don't really know how, like what I would call it, but I think just something, I don't know if it's just like my personality or what, but I just think, however, there's just something about me that like draws people in, which not like, it's not me, it's God. So it's not like I'm like bragging that everyone loves me or whatever, but there's just, I think there's a reason that God made me the way that I am and put me in the career that I have because I'm not I'm not like other accountants, like I'm my own person, but like (laughs) I'm different. I'm not like other girls, but like I've even, I literally had a client, um, get a prophetic word for me on, I was having a really bad day and this client just like, he responded to one of my emails and he was like, this is probably weird, but I feel like you're very, like your email was really well worded. I think you're like, you seem like you're very good at communicating. Um, are you a Christian? And then he like just got this very encouraging word for me. And he's like, I'm not even like I go to a Presbyterian church, like me getting the, like, it's not really a welcome gift for me to practice, like encouraging others in this way. But I just really felt encouraging others is not, I know. Practice yeah, you know, your church has an issue when <laughs> encouraging others is a problem, encouraging others via witchcraft. Yeah. But so he like had this awesome word for me and that I would continue to use my, um, influence in my job or um because you get to really just meet a lot of different people and that I would like God would use that to shine through me even when it's not anything of my doing and God has made that very clear that like my career is for his glory and not my own and that like he was gonna get me where I needed to be even if like he he told he made that very clear when I was studying for the exam because it was they say it's like the hardest professional exam. They say it's harder than like the bar, the MCAT, LSAT. Like it's just the fail rate is really high. Um, but and I had a really hard time while studying because I had like some health problems. I had to take time off from studying and like 
I thought my scores were going to expire. Like it was just very stressful. It's literally like having a full-time job or full-time college degree, like while you're working like 40 plus hours. And it's like very, it's just so difficult. Um, but God got me through all of it. Like it's four tests. It's not it's four one tests. Test. You yeah. take four different tests and they only happen certain times mm-hmm. and you have to be able to study for each section of it. And the studying is crazy. It's cra- it really, it was like harder than anything I ever did in college besides my intermediate accounting class. Oh, but like tough, it's, yeah. they said it's, it's very, very close to studying for one section of the test is like intermediate. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what they, yeah. Anyways. It was, but it was just crazy. And like, God got me through all of it on the first try, which is like most people fail do like one times. or two. Yeah. Yeah. And he made it very clear that like it was for his glory and not mine. Like I got that message loud and clear so many, t- there was even, there was one, um, that I took that I just remember it, like all odds were against me to fail. Cause like just different things that had happened. Like I had, did not think I was going to pass at all. And I literally passed with like the bare minimum 75 score, nice. which like is just getting my foot in the door. And I literally like, God was telling me like, you were like, you're going to get this all on the first try, but it is not for you to boast about. It's not, it's because I want you to be like, I'm going to get you where you need to be. And it's for my glory. And you are mm-hmm. to use your career for me. And that's not to say that people that fail the exam are not, Right, right, and right, right, with right. God or whatever, that was just my specific situation. But I really like have enjoyed being able to. And it's not like I really am out there thinking like, how am I going to tell people about Jesus or like I don't really have an agenda. But I, I just think that there's something to how I've been. I don't know. I think just the way that I interact with people, maybe I don't know. I can't really put a word, yeah. one word to it. But um, nah, it can't. It's not always one. It's multiple things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, it's interesting because I, you know, I hear you talking about critical thinking, and mm-hmm. the logic. Like, there's, that's a gift. I feel like though mm-hmm. you know, it's growing on that, and then the, the ability to kind of see through, maybe, um, the the normal, mm-hmm. thing, and then actually see what what the heart of the issue is, and then address that. That's very unique. Not a lot of people have that ability. So, and I, that actually does remind me. I think another thing is, like, I'm just. Um, very big picture so Hmm. which is why i was a marketing major and an accounting major like the little (laughs) i tell people i'm like you know how yeah do you know how exhausting it is to have like both your like right brain and left brain like little detail be always taking in the tiny details and the big picture like do you know how exhausting mentally that is um but that's how god made me i can't complain but um like i've i've just always like it's always very clear to me the agenda behind things and discerning like I don't like yeah this is what they're trying to say like I can't really unsee the like attitude behind things Mm. or like the yeah I just intention the intention and a lot of that's just with like cultural things or like entertainment like I just can't even really watch shows anymore because it just irritates me like not in like a prude way, but in like, I just like, I know that all my peers are going to watch this and not see what I just saw. And they're just going to get totally like conditioned to thinking that that's normal and good. And it's like, because it's not being presented in a shameful way, it's being normalized. And I just know people are going to get it hook, line and sinker. And so that it, like, it does kind of, I don't, I've always been able to see the big picture. And I think that's another part of it that um I have to remember that other people aren't because I get really frustrated when people don't like how can you not see what this is going to lead to and how can you not see what's going to 
happen if you like support this? And then, um, like, how can you not see that like this has happened in the past and been really bad? And then like, I've literally like my best friend Lydia has told me before, she's like, you have to remember, I am not like good with history. I am not like my brain does not work the same way you do with the big picture. So Hmm. when there's something that you not that like there's anything crazy that we're disagreeing on but like when we've had conversations before and she'll like push back on what I'm saying I'm like yeah but how do you not because to me um these things are like plain as day Mm -hmm. like as you know it's all mapped out you're like right there look at this yeah it would be like we're sitting at a table and I have like a cup of wine in my hand and someone says they can't see it like in my mind it's just that I think I it took me a long time to realize that we all see things differently. And actually Kyle said this on um, Wednesday that yeah, just for those who don't know, Kyle is our pastor. Oh yeah. yeah. We Kyle probably sound like James. a little cult, like Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> but he, he was talking about Kyle likes a uh, mountain mount, or a monster and punching walls. And yeah. <laughs> Kyle wears hats backwards. He does though. He Skates. does wear hats, hats backwards sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Such a Kyle. <laughs> All right, go just ahead, funny because he's not at all he's like the not, wall no. punching. No, we love you, Kyle and James and yeah. M72 crew. Yeah. But he was saying, um, like, a lot of people that have the gift of discernment don't realize it because they just assume that it's how everyone else sees the world. They're mm-hmm. like, wait, other people don't see that. And so I think, yeah, maybe discernment's part of it. Just very big picture. Like, I can, I can see things coming from a mile away. I can see like when something's gonna. Just especially with these current events and big picture things. I'm like, how can you not see that it's bad for the government to shut down your livelihood and then pay you instead? Like, how can you see that that's not going to lead anywhere good? How can you or like how like how can you have a certain life experience and then still do something else that totally negates that? Like, Mm. you know, how can you have birthed a child and be a mother and then still support, you know, like killing babies, just things like that where in my mind, like, well, I guess maybe that one isn't as much a big picture thing, but with the other examples, it's like so obvious to me and it's not, I have to remember that other people don't see it that way and they they don't have that same bird's eye view. And so that's kind of helped me be more gracious too, like not in a condescending way, like, oh, these people, these poor heathens can't see what I see because they're not smart. Like, not at all. It's just they have different gifts than I do. And there are things that they do better than I do. Like, a lot of people, like, I'm, like, that's what I love about your sister, Alea. She's very gracious and she's very, um, like, I feel like she's just very sweet and kind and, like, a comforting presence. And that's not necessarily a gifting of mine. And so I, I just <laughs> always love seeing. She's so sweet. She really is. She, yeah. I, so I, I love, I love seeing different, um, like that's one body, many parts. We all have different gifts and it all fits together Mm -hmm. and we need people to kind of be at the forefront saying unpopular truths when called for. Cause then I, I always, I'm like, well, I'm just like, you know, they hated the prophets, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, but (laughs) like, am I like, I don't need to just go out there and like be a jerk and then Blast play the martyr. Yeah. You gotta be encouraging. We gotta be encouraging and gotta like not speak evil about people, but even, yeah. even people that like are under the influence of evil, like I want to speak blessings, not curses and because life and death are in the power of the tongue and they're not the enemy. They're just the pawns. They're the, um, yeah. the flesh and bone, but it's the powers and principalities that are controlling them. So I've really had to amend my speech about like, 
my home state governor and things like there because there's so much evil, but I don't want to just, I don't want to play into the enemy's tactics of yeah. cursing and yeah. Playing on their level. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not how we do it in our kingdom. No. Yeah. It's different. Well, we are almost at two hours. Can you yeah. hundred percent. I have one more question for you. Oh my goodness. Then we, can, then we can go out. If that's cool. Yes, yes, yes. That's fine. Uh, um, what is the latest conspiracy you're in? <laughs> Where what what's like the most recent thing you're like wow this is crazy like like you know if you feel I don't know I've honestly I don't know about the latest because I feel like I (laughs) I just hear them and I just assume that they're true I'm like yeah Mm -hmm. there's probably some truth to it so I I genuinely could not tell you like I mean one that I it's not new at all this was back when I was first getting woke back in 2017 but (laughs) Pizzagate I definitely think that that's real Mm -hmm. but like you have to be careful because I was just thinking about this earlier like I feel like there's a lot of controlled opposition so like the powers that be don't want um like they they know that some truth might get out so they want to discredit it so then they make things like QAnon QAnon Mm -hmm. or whatever and they just kind of to make everyone that questions it at all, they can lop them in with that and be like, oh, you think that there's like child sex trafficking going on? Well, you must be this crazy QAnon, like Trump, like thinking that Trump's like the Messiah or whatever. And so like, I think that that's all controlled opposition to like discredit people that are like, well, maybe what Jeffrey Epstein was doing, maybe he wasn't the only one or like maybe they're like there is, it, is some corruption in, at the high level oh, know, or something like that. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of like, like just satanic ritual abuse that like I've met someone actually that's a survivor of it and it's very real. Like it's very, wow. yeah. And so, um, I mean like the pizza gate stuff is creepy. If you look into yeah. it, like I've done a little bit. Of uh, well, like the artwork that the guys have in their house is very disturbing and it's like, uh, not that that's like the only thing. Yeah, that's one level of it. Oh gosh, yeah, it's yeah. So well, no, like, even I, the emails that you see that our government is saying it's like even the way that they put the. I mean, these are public records. And you, you read it, and you're like, just the way that they ordered the pizza, the way that they like said this terminology. Yeah, it doesn't make sense in the world we live in. So there's got to be something else, and you hope it's not child trafficking, but it probably is. Oh and, yeah. And the problem is like the biggest. It's, you know, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, those were crazy Republicans. But if you look at some of the stuff, it's the Republicans who are the ones that are they're doing it. They're some of the worst. Traffic. Yes. Yeah. Because they're all right. Like, it's all two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're just as bad. They enable it. And yeah, it's disgusting. It's nasty. So that's like, yeah, don't even look into it because it's just going to make you depressed. But or it's going to make you angry. And there's not really anything that you can yeah. do besides prayer, which obviously is. Like, I think praying at a high level, this is something that, like, Cassie has taught me. Hi, Cassie, again. Um, Like, praying for repentance, like, or, which I still don't understand how you can, like, corporately repent on behalf of a nation. But, like, the prophets did it. And, like, just, I don't know, asking God to intervene and to change people's hearts. Because we can't go and, like, attack a principality that's been, like, given, like, we've given it, like, the permission to be here. Like, it's not... We can't just go and like fight against them, but we can pray for people's hearts to be softened and eyes to be opened and for God's presence to increase. And I think that's just the most that's really like our biggest, most important weapon. And that's all we can do because on our own, we can barely 
I don't know. We can't do anything. Yeah, post on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we could post on Facebook and we'll, make make people mad, and then do nothing. Nothing happens. But, but so. really, even post on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, you can make a private story for yeah, your friends, your friends, the right. based ones. Remember, you right. can you too can see my private story by sending me an essay of how cool I am. And but you listen to this whole podcast. You listen to the whole podcast. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Where, where, if people want to find you, yes. you don't have to release that. But if you, do, oh, sure. No, it's Juliana C Romano, J U L I A N A C R O M A N O, and that's my Instagram name or Juliana Romano on Facebook. Just like look me up in Tim and or Allison's friends. Um, Unless they unfriended me. <laughs> oh, I blocked you along. You blocked oh me along. Yeah. You just have to watch the private story through Allison. All right. Allison says, oh, you got to go. So I unblock. I look at it. And, <laughs> and then you, oh, no, I got to, you're one of those people too. The yeah. block, the chronic blocker and unblocker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I got to um, keep my peace clean. Yeah, so I like, <laughs> yeah, foster my own peace. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. You got some great based memes. They're hilarious. Oh, yeah. I enjoy them. Um, the memes are so, great. Yeah. The memes are great. Mm-hmm. But they're not, I've only, I have made a few of my own memes. I will say there's this like on my um, Instagram, there's like a saved story that you have that is called homemade memes and like they're kind of cringy. But those are the only ones that I've made. Everyone else, I've just taxed them from most of them are from libertarian meme pages because yeah. that is where they do have they the best memes. Yeah. Yes, there's some of them are so some of them are too spicy to even put on the private story. Yeah. So I those ones go out to like into like individual people maybe right. but then i'm like i even feel i'm like oh yeah now it's getting traced yeah, it's but the thing traced. is they, they know how long you look at something right that's part of the yeah you know, it's like we're in a it's just is what it is now yeah, yeah. cool well thank you so much for coming on the podcast yes it's been great. It was so, my first yeah. podcast oh yeah yeah first but not last yeah i know for real i'm like this was so fun i can't believe it's been two hours it uh, feels like 10 minutes it flew by i know Oh, man. Well, thank you so much, folks. Uh, You guys have a wonderful whatever you're doing. Um, We'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Bye. Bye.